everybody, and welcome back to a new edition of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and my co-host, Peter Glassford, is going to be interviewing Ryan Leach today. So Ryan is this super cool pro trials rider who has been doing trials for over 20 years now, but kind of more importantly, he actually in the past few years has really focused on a more holistic and whole approach to uh, his athleticism, a more consummate athlete approach, if you will. Uh, where he started focusing on yoga, breathing, meditation, and even just casual mountain biking as opposed to just trials riding in an effort to sort of repair his body and make sure that everything was in a good balance. Uh, He's also started coaching mountain biking and does a bunch of really cool skills videos like how to do wheelies and some yoga stuff. So we wanted to talk with him about his evolution as an athlete and sort of how he came to be the athlete that he is today. Uh, We hope you enjoy it. All right, so we're here uh, with the Consummate Athlete Podcast here at Sea Otter Classic uh, 2016, and we're with Ryan Leach, who has just finished his final trial show. Of the weekend. Um, of the weekend, <laughs> of the weekend. Not not of his life. Um, he's got lots coming up, so we'll learn about more about that. But Ryan, how are you feeling? A solid weekend, another one? Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped, uh, you know, 10, 10 shows. Wow. Um, body's still feeling all right. You're, you you know? walked here. Yeah, I walked here. <laughs> Doesn't feel like I've done any, uh, m- you know, damage okay. to my body, which is really my goal when there's a long, long weekend of, of shows. Yeah. Do you know what number sea otter you're on? Like, how many have you done? Uh, it's like 18. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, doing shows? Uh, not every year. Okay. M- most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So other years you were doing like signings. Yeah, there's some trials contests early on, a long time ago, and the glory um, days. Yeah, yeah, hanging out at some booths for sponsors if I wasn't doing a show. But most of the sh- most of the years I'm doing shows. Okay. And have you been with Norco all those years? Norco, I've been with for 20 years. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. I remember back in the videos and stuff we've talked about like the glory days again of mountain biking, <laughs> and it was pretty much always Norco all the way yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, anything cool happen in any of the shows that you were excited about or? Um, well, I mean, really the cool thing for me is just the connection with the audience and, mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's really always my goal these days is to sort of find, find a groove with my riding and, and with my, uh, conversation with the audience. Obviously it's kind of a, it seems one way, but uh, you know, I'm really paying attention and listening to the sort of the vibe of the audience and really trying to work, work what I'm saying and how I'm riding to really do bring bring them into the experience of the show as much as possible. Um, you know, that's that's really if I, if I can leave an audience kind of smiling and inspired and sort of happy, um, pumped on riding bikes. You know, that's 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 my ultimate goal, which is different from you know earlier in my career where it was like okay I've got to do the the most badass tricks and really impress them with my skill I mean, that's really not important to me that's um, you know some people may leave feeling that but that's not what I'm really trying to do these days right right yeah I think that that's really interesting the idea we talked we were talking earlier in the weekend about pacing the trials almost you know, because you want to make it through the weekend and you want to have, a, there's many shows, you know, mm. it's all, you know, it is, it's being, you know, similar to the road racers with their multiple events and the stage race. 
you have to make it through if you're right. going to be the you know <laughs> it's not necessarily winning but it's you know to be successful in, mm-hmm. in what you're doing mm-hmm. right? yeah um, yeah so yeah that was a really interesting concept so stepping back let's talk just a little bit about yourself um like where did you start so 20 years ago what were you doing uh, so 20 years ago, you know, I was, I was, I, I mean, really just focused on developing my trials riding still. Like I was, 20 years ago, I, I'd started doing shows, but I was really starting to push my trials riding in a creative way. Um, creative riding for mountain bike videos. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the earlier videos, I mean, that's in the VHS days. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was some momentum with sponsorship. I was, you know, probably around then. I wasn't really doing much competing. It was just so like twenty years ago was sort of roughly when you transitioned from like doing like the formal trials, mm-hmm. like competitions. Yeah, to yeah. What you know, doing shows, doing video spots. Yeah. You know, bringing trials outside of a real. I guess isolated is maybe the wrong word because trials is whatever you know in different scenarios. But getting it onto the street and. Yeah, yeah, jumping off of houses and stuff, right? Creative, playful riding that um, I was really pushing myself. I was that was the phase of my career where I was doing damage to my body, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, there's, you know, was was that like? Because I mean, certainly can hurt yourself in trials, jumping off of things that are too high, bad landings, you know, missing pedals and stuff. But was it because you started incorporating some of those street elements? Um, Just you know, just um, both like. Probably the biggest is cumulative damage, uh, drop after drop, you know, just impact after impact. It just takes a toll on the joints. And, right. Um, you know, and so, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's not until you're a little older that you start connecting some of those um, those big moves and landings and awkward sort of yeah. times and bails to, um, to like, how your body feels. Your as, back as starts you, hurting and yeah, stuff. Yeah, all and those things. Whatever. So I think that's a good segue. I mean, you, you know, you're still doing it. You're still, you know, in my opinion, you know, in this discipline of show trials and stuff, like, you're still really high end on this, you know, mm-hmm. the pointy end of the stick, so it, <laughs> so it you know, is. But um, when you started looking for that balance um, for yourself, you talk about the injuries and, you know, even just the pressure of the competition, you know, yeah. it's obviously, like you say, to push it, and, you know, make a show of it. Yeah. Um, what did you do when you sort of reached that sort of point where you were like, this is getting too much? Like, how did you remedy that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're five, ten years past that. Now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge because, you know, ego, I would say, had a big part of it. You know, I, I, had a, I had this idea of what people expected of me, which was mostly just created in my own head. 100%. Yeah. And so, um, sure, it's, it's, you know, sure people want to see me do cool things on my bike, but for me, the challenge was feeling, being strong enough to not do the biggest, baddest, craziest moves when it didn't feel right. Because for a big chunk of my career there, it just felt like that's what I had to do. Certainly with videos, that's... For videos, for sure. Even trial shows um, and just going out, um, yeah, filming, media stuff. Like, it's just, okay, I am a pro trials rider. People expect me to do big, bad, crazy moves on my trials bike and impress them and get them excited. And that's what I felt like I was expected to do 
always, and that made me not enjoy uh, showing up to events and, and sort of a, it, it uh, kind of took the joy and fun out of um, out of the sport for me for yeah. a chunk of my yeah you're career. not hopping on picnic tables it's not not as simple as it was supposed to be right yeah so what did you what did you find you know that helped I right guess. right so I mean I guess it was um, well so about a dozen years ago I started practicing yoga and maybe a decade ago started practicing meditation you know those are those are those are very um, very different sort of things to you know it's a different different way to engage with the body and mind um, and it allowed me to get a better better skill of observing my ego so that that the quietness of meditation allowed me to develop this uh, ability to observe myself and observe sort of some of these ego drives. Right. So once you once you um, turn subject into object, once you are able to, to witness some of these dynamics, mm-hmm. um, that takes away the power. Right. So so then being able to 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 in, in a in a situation where I'm in front of an audience or um, in front of a cinematographer that's really hoping I do some gnarly thing. Um, I had that skill to sort of notice sort of the pull and drive of my ego um, and then make a more skillful decision as to what I would do on my bike in that situation. Right. And so more and more I got better at just uh, saying, oh, no, I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't do that line, but, you know, let's do, let's do this one instead. Right. And, um, and that was very, it's a very liberating process. And, mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, over time I was able to sort of rekindle a love for for the sport right and so, so and that's you know when we talk about finding balance you know that's definitely a part of it is mm. some downtime you know something the opposite right a very inward focused yeah. thing versus the trial show I think is in a lot of ways very outward it's yeah, yeah for other people depending on how yeah. you look at it and certainly other people are observing you right whereas yeah. yoga is very personal even if you're in a class no one's really I always say, like, I like to be the crappiest person in the room and just not try <laughs> yoga, right? Because for me, cycling especially, like, I, that's part of my philosophy, I guess, for racing is to try as hard as I can all sure, the time. Sure, sure, Whether I'm course. 100th place or first or whatever, just, you know, push myself. And so I found with yoga, I never really enjoyed it that much until I stopped. Just, okay. I just stopped trying. I just, okay. I can. I'm pretty flexible and pretty good at moving. I like to say, but uh-huh. yeah, I just found that with yoga, if I just didn't try and just like went half as far as I thought I could or should, yeah, you know, then it was way better. And it was, mm. I think, more what you're supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. supposed, supposed to be doing. But like, I was yeah. getting what I needed. The competitive yoga. I was getting what I needed of, out of it. So, yeah. so that was oh, part of it. Go ahead. One, yeah. One, just one thing about like the, um, the, there's like. Injuries. I just want to mention that because injuries can sort of force that um, time to reassess, yeah. introspect. Yeah. Um, but you know, the thing is, like, I, I, it's not doesn't have to be that way. Like for a lot of athletes, it, it, it can be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be. You know, I think that's where like a meditation practice and some mental fitness skills can ahead can of really, time. Yeah, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, engaged with proactively. Um, you know, with the right kind of coaching, the right kind of guidance sure. to explore some of those 
um, yeah. sort of ego games and, and convincing dynamics. people before it gets that far. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. in like whether it's um, whether it's pushing yourself really hard in an endurance sport or or whether it's more from from my side of it where it's um, mm-hmm. there might be some pretty big physical kind of risks. Yeah, I mean everyone's pushing their body. It might be in different different way, different but ways, yeah. yeah, but learning, yeah, like you, that it, whether it's the endurance rider just drilling themselves into a hole of fatigue right. or yeah, overuse yeah. injury yeah. or you know blowing out your knee or whatever yeah. in a trials yeah. thing so got it so now now that you're on top of all this you've gone and over how long has it been now with your coaching business it's been so at least five years mm-hmm. yeah about five about yeah. five years that I became certified okay. as an integral master coach right yeah which it, which isn't which is that that training isn't uh, specific to cycling but mm-hmm. it but it is more oriented around I would say the mental fitness skills, but not only just mental fitness, but you know, just taking the the whole lifestyle, the whole riding lifestyle into account. Uh, and exactly account. what you were just talking about, like you know, we have the endurance coaching, we have the thresholds, and yep. you know, power suffer fest, whatever. Yeah. Yep. But you don't see a lot of coaches, which is why I keep coming back to you and hope to mm-hmm. work more in the future and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you definitely have your skills side of things. You have right. that nailed. You have a lot of stuff on that side. Right. We'll talk a bit about what you're doing with that. But then you also have this other element, this mindset sort of element that you're yeah. incorporating. So sure. can you speak to that? Like how, if, if I'm an athlete, you know, an endurance athlete, say, and working with you, what is that? How do you integrate then some of that awareness, that meditation, that yoga type, that, you know, effect? How do you mm-hmm. get that incorporated into a, right. I a mean, cyclist? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's finding a way in, finding a way into that conversation can be pretty personal. It's different for a lot of people. So, um, so it it is nice to be able to have the time to work one on one to to sort of explore where sort of the Maybe the, the the pain points are for the individual, and kind of use that as a as a way in to explore. Uh, I would say, you know, just uh, as I was kind of mentioning before, um, the you know emotional intelligence is a great place to start. Um, you know, there's a lot of feelings and emotions that athletes have. So getting, I mean, we're just talking about talking, really, right? Is that what we're yeah. Yeah. Uh, journaling, writing, talking. Um. So trying to find, you know, suggesting that journal, suggesting that meditation for a few minutes, suggesting. Yeah. So for instance, you know, I'll I'll design a, a practice online. Um, you know. Uh, so I might. So I've I often I've got a, a fairly uh, large group of people that I provide coaching for mm-hmm. in my online business. So I might design a practice that asks them to say explore a certain style of meditation and then I'll ask them some questions to reflect on after to, to um, see if there's a way to find a little more personal meaning for it for them right. um, and then I'll maybe ask them to send me send me a note send me a f- bit of feedback sure. send me a question awesome. that kind of thing just you know that just as one example uh, whether it's a meditation or maybe it's a writing skill that um, I asked them, hey, you know, what was what was the frustrating part about trying to learn exactly. this skill, or you know, uh, what was I, good, what was bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, even even finding asking them to find a word to describe a certain experience they had on their bike. So it's not just you know when you translate um, this stuff churning around in your head into words, 
then again, that's a, a, that's that's a move of turning sort of subject into object. It, it just makes things a little more real. I do find that that's tough in my coaching practice to get that. You know, you'll have people either like they won't upload anything. You know, they won't give you anything in terms of files. But mm. then there's also I always say like the comments are more important. And some people, I'm just like, just journal. Just like, tell me about mm. your day. Tell me, what was it like? Who did you ride with? Where did you right. ride? Was it fun? And some people, like, go full gas on that. And those people, I feel like, get a lot of benefit sure. out of that. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> and I can see much more about their day and how they're interpreting mm. it. How did they do even the workout, right? Um, but then other people, it's very, you know, two lines, just like, did the intervals, you know, whatever. And it's yeah. just like... But there's so much experience, like you say, yeah. added up over time, right? Like yeah. over a whole year, right? If you were miserable every day, but oh. just never, just uploaded your files, uh, you know, your, your, your FTP is getting higher, but you're miserable. Yeah. I mean, geez, how is that going to affect their yeah. performance? Yeah. So like performance and experience, they've got to go hand in hand. <laughs> exactly. So that's good. So you have your membership site while we're on that topic and that's, give us the website quick. I'll put it in yeah. show notes and stuff. Yeah. But what thanks. is, no stress. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So I'm, uh, my website is ryanleach.com. Perfect. And there's Easy. a, you know, there's a bunch of different uh, options on there for, for learning, whether it's, uh, you know, a one-off skill program like the 30-Day Wheelie Challenge, mm-hmm. or whether you want to go one step further and dive into the membership, which is a monthly... Right, uh, and that's where you're doing some of these, like that, whether it's yoga yeah. or meditation or something with thought experiments. Yeah, stuff. you awesome. got it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So speaking to the video, I mean, on this podcast, what we're looking for is trying new things, you know, progressing skills for sure, um, you know, becoming more whole athletes, which obviously includes some of this mindset type stuff we've been talking about. But from a skill perspective, it was really interesting. You know, you've put out a few videos now. Um, the wheelie challenge was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, taking someone who essentially cannot wheelie, mm-hmm. you know, maybe very little experience even trying to lift that front wheel, mm-hmm. and then over 30 days, you know, easing them through that. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak to those first couple days when, you know, it's a little intimidating. You know, I, I'm a beginner. Mm-hmm. What, you know, how, what what advice would you give someone one-on-one or in the videos to that, that beginner? Right. Well, uh, for instance, the 30-day wheelie challenge course. So th- the, the very first day's task is journaling. Uh, you're not even allowed to go on your bike and try the wheelie. It's a matter of getting all of the thoughts, ideas you have about wheelies, uh, the limitations that you've already set in your mind about whether you can wheelie or not, um, getting that all down onto paper, you know, imagining how you might feel 13 days into the program when you hit that frustration point when, you know, you want to give up, you know, just uh, imagining that sort of preparing yourself for the journey. Right. So that's, that's, that's step number one. Like you don't even practice. That's easy. That's a success, right? Well, on a piece of paper. Yeah. But that, that's like, a, a, a lot of people are tempted to, to rush right into, okay, I want to get on my bike, I want to try something, I want to start practicing, but um, say, mm. you know, don't, don't, even, don't even go there, just, just work Slow your way slowly through this first, yeah. first lesson. Nice. And, um, yeah, what about the people that want to do like five days at once? Yeah, so that's the, temp- that's the <laughs> temptation. Again, I set out some rules at the beginning for just those people. I try to make it as clear as possible. Even if someone, you know, um, is experienced at practicing, they've already practiced wheelies, hey, please just go right back to the beginning, go step by step, 
um, don't rush ahead. There might be little bits and pieces. There might be some reprogramming that you need to do to, to get some of the and movement patterns reestablished. No, I don't want to be spoiler on it, but the, <laughs> there's like bike setup stuff, and that is that day one or when was um, that sort of the so, pedals and so, that sort of stuff? Yeah, there's two components to day one. There's like an external preparation, which okay. is getting your bike set and ready, okay, and and then there's the internal preparation, which is all of the journaling. And I think even you know, if I take my perspective, like I've been practicing wheelies uh-huh. um, or trying to wheelie, you know, for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Know? So. Um, when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, I haven't, like, I've done, used flat pedals, but obviously my bias is to cross-country where sure. we've been using clubless pedals oh, for 15 20 years, yeah, right? So course. I was like, okay. So it does, like, it's, you know, there's all these things, you know, dropping the seed. There's all these little things mm. that, you know, you probably do need to step back and, you know, take that beginner's approach to it. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that's really cool. So I think, you know, not being so hard on yourself, the internal introspection, and, and starting really slow and so that you can win mm-hmm. early, right? And be mm-hmm. like, you know, you can handle it. Yeah. It's not scary. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a little teaser for the 30-day <laughs> challenge. But I think when whatever you're trying, just, like, step back and, you know, don't, you know, use those sort of three tips to to embrace that sport or pursuit, I think, is, is a good takeaway or service. Yeah. How did you feel when you started yoga coming out of trials? Because that must have been a bit of a, a shift all of a sudden. You know, you're you're not the most pro in the class, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I got. I mean, I love I love a challenge. I love a, you know a new a new thing that I'm not very good at to sort of work with. And so yoga was like that. I went to my first class, and it just like I thought it was just going to be some silly, goofy thing like a long time ago. But then you know, I totally you know, it totally rocked my world. It was like, holy smokes, I'm such a beginner. I have no idea what I'm doing, but. There is like this, like sort of intrigue. Like, oh, okay, I think if I work at this, I might be able to to balance on one leg like that, or you know, um, you know, build up the strength in my wrists and, and, and shoulders, which has taken so much abuse, and you know, it's going to support support my riding. Like, it was a very performance oriented approach when I first started doing yoga. It wasn't so much the internal mental mm-hmm. aspect um, that I uh, sort of connected with. Um, at first, which is fine, you know, which is... Now, you've gravitated to the front of the room as a yoga teacher, but did you find (laughs) it weird being, you know, going from on stage in the trials to, like, back of the room, so to speak? Yeah. Um, You know, in the yoga room where, you know, you might have not been, you know, you're not not the one balancing on one one limb, I guess we'll say. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, again, it's this sort of... um, there is a sort of expectation I sometimes have when I try something new that, okay, well, if I'm really good at this, you know, I'll probably pick this up pretty fast. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case with yoga because, you know, my body's been used to moving in this one sort of way for so many years, and there's so many imbalances that took years to slowly sort mm-hmm. of work out and mm-hmm. um, find, find, you know, more full natural range of motion. Right. Uh, so... So it was, um, boy, the patient, the patience aspect was huge, um, but relieving in some ways, I would imagine, similar to what I was saying, like just not having to, you know, you don't have to make progress in it, right? Like that, that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I wanted to make, (laughs) 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 initially for sure. But then, you know, but then again, you know, that sort of urge to get 
really good at yoga, like I had some injuries from yoga. Like in yoga can be tweaky and sure. and hard yeah, on the body in a lot of ways stuff, as well. Yeah. Like so, kind of come full circle and you know realize that you know for me and for a lot of people that are new to yoga, you know I I gotta you know I don't I don't have to try to teach the the uh, the coolest raddest yoga class with the craziest moves. It's like let's just stick to some some basic movement patterns and and breathe. Sure, sure. <laughs> and that's you know, um, yeah. let's let's stop. Let's let's meditate at the beginning. Let's meditate at the end of class. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's more valuable to to most of the people that show up at my classes than anything. Especially because I do a lot of yoga for cyclists that are you know they you know their bodies don't necessarily move <laughs> very well. No, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely tough. Clients and you, you brought up breathing there, and I, I guess that was a side question. Um, you find yourself doing a lot of sort of directed breathing with with clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it seems like you do it in yoga and in the bike skills. Like yeah, that's sort of oh this yeah, common thread. Yeah, and in meditation, like yeah. there mm-hmm. is a common thread throughout. And then if it's uh, practicing intentional breathing in, in all these ways, again, it just relates to the rest of. The rest of life, you know, when you know you're having an argument with, you know, with your sure. significant other, with yeah. your family, or you know, things are busy and stressed. Like, man, just having just a little more of an ability to just just connect with your breath and connect back to that experience, um, you know, when you're meditating or yeah. in yoga class. Um, you know, having that muscle to just have that little reconnection to it's presence. it's really odd because it's hard it's it's easy and it's hard I guess but with clients I'll see you know they're you know really breathing quickly and shallowy shallowy shallow shallowy. yeah um, you know as they're going up a climb or going really hard during intervals yeah you know, and, and too much so like to the par- point where they're sort of like hyperventilating which is oh, the, yeah. which isn't the right term for it but stressing themselves out more than they need to at a high workload so then oh, their yeah. workload is actually decreased because they're perceiving themselves to be like in trouble basically right yeah. does that make sense so yeah. a lot of our perceived exertion is tied to our breathing uh-huh. and so I was fortunate I think young when I was young I was introduced to a tool called Spyro Tiger and I don't know if you've heard of this but you're essentially breathing into like a bag for extended periods of time and the okay. bag can keep getting bigger you look so really cool it's really really it. weird but essentially it's like a, a balloon with a handle and it has like a thing that moves back and forth oh, cool. and it has a valve in it that controls basically so that you're not re-breathing too okay. much CO2 and stuff <laughs> yeah. um, but I spent a lot of time on that and the theory with that is that it trains your respiratory muscles so that they don't rob so to speak okay. um, oxygen from your working muscles because the theory is and it's proven and not proven as anything with studies <laughs> are is, that at like a high level of exertion you actually can have respiratory muscle fatigue okay. that could then be you know you have to breathe to live so then your brain's like okay well we're shutting down those legs so that those lungs keep working so that's a long story to say that I've breathed into a balloon for a lot, and so I've spent <laughs> half an hour just, like, breathing into something, basically watching a thing go like this, you know, move back and forth in front of me. Yeah. So it, it's weird because it's, like, forced me into being very aware of my breathing. Sure. And so in a race, I just can basically, like, turn that on yeah. at yeah. high exertion or at the top of a really technical descent. And that's without ever, you know, pursuing meditation formally or, mm-hmm. or you know, really, like I said, I'm a hack yoga uh, pract- practitioner or yoga per- 
participant. I don't think pr- practitioner. Pr- yeah. Um, participant. But yes, I think breathing is important, but I struggle with, because that I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because it's very expensive to use it, uh-huh. to, to own it, and it's time consuming. Okay, sure. So, and I think going to yoga or something like that is much more accessible and has mm. other benefits other than sitting down and breathing into a balloon. <laughs> right, right, right. So, right. Well, I mean, I guess knowing why you're doing it is useful if, if it's, um, if it is, um, for performance, you know, maybe that, that might be the, the one motivation or is there also an experience aspect where, um, where there is, where there is part, part of that, that breathing practice is to, to sort of, um, have a greater, more sort of, um, present experience of your body sitting mm. here and, and you know how that breath is affecting your body and mm-hmm. um, so like yeah I guess like why why do this why yeah 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 I don't know I like it, it's it's a neat thing I've seen progress with it and again I struggle because like I wouldn't necessarily recommend it well whether but, that but or I've, anything I've, but I found any... huge benefit from it right but I guess what I'm asking you is because I haven't really asked a question no. is in yoga, but specific to breathing, or in meditation, or just like in like directed breathing, uh-huh. do you have any way that we can see progress? I guess with people or know, okay, like I I I know how to breathe, you know, so you know, so called right, you know, mm-hmm. sort of properly. Like when is someone? It's an ongoing practice. I don't think you ever get to stop practicing. Right. But right. how do we know if someone's good or bad? I guess is. Yeah. So I guess that's. I. You know. Again, it's like there's the the measurable effects, and then there's the uh, more subjective experiential effects. Um, you know, the um, performance-based effects might be uh, what what you're speaking to. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. You know, this is awesome. I have access to this um, very naturally when I'm riding, you know, mm-hmm. because of the, the balloon practice, because I've logged that time, I've, I've got this ability there to right. engage it quite easily and automatically. And so, you know, that's pretty cool to have access to that. Um, and then in terms of the more subjective um, experiential effects, um, that's, uh, yeah, often a little more anecdotal. You know, someone some, someone might come to me and say, oh, you know, this is, this is so cool, you know, to be able to, to, to notice when my temper is starting to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, boom, they can sort of interrupt that uh, pattern. Right. Um, or it, it, it might be you know, when, they're, when they're practicing a certain skill, again, it's just that, um, that ability to um, prevent the, you know, like I was speaking to earlier, the, the ego from sort of taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, breath is connected to to presence. It's connected to that um, sort of ability to observe yourself doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know our minds you know just think, and that's what they do. And so uh, taking time to sit and meditate is a chance to sort of observe that happening. Right. Um, you know, it's we're not going to be able to stop it from happening. That's not the purpose of stopping and, and, and meditating, but to be able to to watch the mind's sort of movements and sort of thoughts and um, not be kind of run by them is incredibly powerful. I mean, it's just like that 
is I can't I can't think of anything more important that anyone can do but to become more familiar with um, what's going on in, in in the head and and not being run by it yeah yeah and I guess that's where you would maybe see you know you can tell when someone's stressed or you can tell when someone's like really high strung yeah you know really I think it with the endurance clients I work with like the people who are just like too on all the time uh-huh. and you're not seeing that like you know almost uh, paradoxically you're not seeing the really high intensity that we need you know you're, you're seeing underperformance in races you're seeing frequent crashes but then you're seeing them resisting those recovery exercises those off days you know the people who can't deal with well, well it's a tough. day it, off today oh. well then that means they got to deal with all the other shit that's going on in their life because it's connected exactly and um, you know riding is, a, is an incredible release and escape from all that bullshit I think so, that's actually the question, right? Is it a release or is it an escape, right? And that's, yeah. I think we all, at the well, elite level, both, certainly yeah. we struggle with that. Well, or is it a pressure that you have to get in a ride today? Like, is that actually adding like, more stress? And a positive stress or not, yeah. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to just sort of go into was you've been mountain biking more. I know you've been mountain biking your whole life. Um, but you've done, like, BC Bike Race... Um, what else have you been doing? You've just been riding a lot more mountain bike. Yeah, right? I mean that's like when I choose to go riding, it's mountain bike. Yeah. So I mean yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not really I mean BC bike race was an awesome awesome yeah. experience, memorable experience. And, yeah. You know. But how do you find that? Um, because that's pretty you know it, it's not the same as trials, but it's close to trials. How do you find that you know being out on the trail or certainly in a race? Do you find that? An interesting experiment, thought experiment. Oh yeah, experience. it was such a cool experience for me to be in that race environment again. Yeah. Um, because again, it allowed me to. Uh, I mean, it's it's cool to to have practice so much meditation and to have an, a a greater ability at this stage in my life to be honest with myself. I was like doing that race like, holy shit I'm a really competitive person <laughs> like so just kind of um, you know it's cool like you know it's just a you know I happy to sort of I was really enjoyed sort of embracing <laughs> embracing that um, but not allowing it to sort of totally run the show at the same time right so yeah did you find you can have both I, yeah. I think it's, it's cool to, it's cool to have both yeah. Like, not yeah. be attached to that result, but still be able to fully engage that competitive nature and not think that, you know, a lot of, at some, some, some sort of parties or camps think that, you know, being competitive is like, you know, uh, can be thought of as like a selfish thing or, but I think it's a great thing. Um, yeah. And to, to be connected to that part of you and to sort of, um, channel that competitive nature in, in a healthy way uh, and I mean in a race like that like it could be competitiveness could be just not you know letting someone get away on a climb so that you're getting up that climb faster than you would have if you just sulked on your own yeah you know, or something like yeah, that yeah 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 huh so like were you like in a duel with someone in the race or what like, um, was there some like some oh yeah r- I some mean, like rubbing and racing or like, oh or, yeah like like not, I mean, not too, a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that, that dynamic. Time, there. It's yeah. like, oh, cool. You know, we've been sort of going back and forth with this person. I'm gonna really try to work to, you know, get ahead of that person. Right. You know, in the next stage or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. 
Do you Strava? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah, for okay. sure. I love it. Yeah, okay. it's great. What's your best... You got some KOMs or what? Um, yeah, around the time that I was really um, training for BC Bike Race, yeah, okay. I was really all about, like, working. I was, like, for me, I was more about the, the climbs, not so much the descents, because yeah. I can, you know, I can work hard on, on a climb and without as much kind of physical danger, sure. risk, yeah. kind of, you know, so... Yeah. Um, so do you have, like... I asked you about this because um, you have all these trial skills. Yeah. So do you have like, what, you know, I guess odd Stravas or ones that like most people would have to dismount or something that you? Oh yeah, it's a good question. Those are the ones you need to go after. Is like the ones with like three stairs, oh, like yeah. every twenty feet. <laughs> yeah, you totally. Just, like jump well, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should, uh, I yeah, I should explore that yeah. um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because I always say like if I can get a Strava that's like requires like five minutes of running in like a sixty minute segment, that's my Strava. That's like, <laughs> just like off bike as hard as you can, just suffer face, like carrying your bike for some reason, like up a mountain. That's, <laughs> <laughs> cool. If that's I can find forte. someone to pay me a lot of money, that's the that's, one. That's yeah. where you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Sweet. Uh, anything else that you wanted to touch base on? No, we covered some awesome topics. I think there. so. Yeah, like, we got deep in a on short a amount of, of time. You yeah. Know? yeah. So sufficient. Yeah. Um, we'll link uh, certainly in the show notes mm-hmm. to Ryan's sites. Uh, but again, that was uh, just www.ryanleach with two e's, right? Two e's. Yeah. Leach.com. Um, I guess actually I have one one last oh, question. We got there like we a go. P- cool. yeah. PS. So now that you're doing all of this yoga and you know focusing more on coaching and stuff, would you say that you're a healthier like all around person now than you were when you were in like your trials heyday? Um, no, it's a it's a good question. Um, you know, I guess it's uh, it's I find like life life just seems to keep getting richer and like there's just more sort of I don't know layers of, of sort of I don't know of experience that I have at this stage of my life um, you know I still have the competitive nature you know I have an ability to to be a little more present you know I, I know my body more I know the types of food that work better for for my body and so I don't know it's just like uh, you know, I'm I'm better at um, communicating with people and developing a relationship and having a connection with really? people. Really, I and... never knew cyclists were bad at that. <laughs> well, like in turn, well, okay, that's a <laughs> sarcastic. <laughs> she's been she's so. she's trying to get the Canadian sarcasm. It's going okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like so. I can't. I don't know if that answers the question, but I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm loving riding and I'm loving the bike industry more than ever these days I think just because you know I've been involved in so many different different ways of sort of growing in the industry so yeah yeah it's really it's, it's really great cool all right I think that yeah. was a healthier and happier yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's I think good. yes was I think so yes yeah. yeah that's I know it's hard sometimes but no but it's in it just you know as a, a note to that you know I've worked with some athletes who have been really successful and that's that's the highlight of their life you know nothing will ever top winning that medal mm-hmm. you know everything else is just sort of uh, a side note and the dilemma I don't know if you'd agree with this this is again something that I ponder often we're bad but, at ending this. Yeah, but I, I think this is interesting. I think this will be an ongoing theme, too, that I'm going to struggle with. But, like, you don't have to be healthy to be the best in the world. 
to be elite at something, right? Like, high performance is not necessarily the same as health. No. And so as a coach, I struggle both ethically and, I don't know, personally, I guess, with that because there's some recommendations that you, I think, would be ethically ethical to make that aren't necessarily healthful. Totally. And I think, you know, I think that absolutely depends on the what the individual's goals are, what's important to them. Um, I sometimes, if I'm working with a high-performance athlete that's having some challenges or struggles, I, you know, I might say, okay, here's, here's the warning. Um, you may improve, overcome whatever those struggles are and get to the results, or it may go the other way and you may decide that, holy shit, I just need to back right off and work on some other aspects of my life. Right. So... Yeah. But it, who knows? Like, who knows? It's um, it's a mystery depending on the person, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with that one. And like, it's you a say, huge. Yeah, it's no. a gray area. As a coach, they it's don't prepare tough. you. I don't think well, well enough in coaching no. education for no, that. No, no, um, no. But I don't know that a lot of coaches actually get to the point where the decision isn't obvious. Like, we're talking really pointy end of the stick, I think, um, because you know, before that, it's just basics, right? And Right. I think there is room for a lot of these healthful practices and balancing practices and yeah. consummate athlete practices mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So cool. I think we'll end it there. Again, show notes for ryanleach.com. Um, we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, for sure. Like we just said, huge thank you to Ryan Leach for being our first ever guest on the podcast. And thank you for listening. Uh, Tune in next time when we talk to some more awesome people about what it takes and how to become the consummate athlete.